Welcome to Mind the Shift, where we talk about shifting minds in a shifting world. My name is Anders Bolling, and I'm your host. Today I have as my guest a friend and fellow podcaster who one might describe as an explorer and harnesser of bodily and spiritual power. Blossom Bamboo, joining us from beautiful Amsterdam. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Anders. Wow, that was, yeah, it's an honor. It's an honor to be here. And uh, I would like to start this day with a huge uh, appreciation, appreciation for life, appreciation that I woke up this morning and I was aware of that first breath. And the first thing I thought of was, wow, I'm alive. And then later I realized I, I come from America. And then later I realized that this is traditional day of Thanksgiving in America. Yeah, it is. So, the day that we record this, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So in America, yeah. And what does uh, that represent for you? For me, it means that every day is a day of Thanksgiving. That mm. in order to shift <laughs> um, our minds for the shifting world, which I love your I love your introduction, that uh it really begins with this attitude of gratitude. Like yeah. every day is Thanksgiving. So thank you for having me. Thank you for for being here. I'm I'm so excited and I'm honored to have you here, Blossom. I know you have a lot of of wonderful things to say about life, and you have some really uh, interesting experiences that that others can learn from. I'm sure. So let's dive a little bit into that and. Um, First, would you like? Would you agree on my first very brief description of you as a an yes. explorer and harnesser of bodily and spiritual power? You would. Yes, yeah, that, but... that was a, a very well curated description of my okay. uh, much longer biography that I sent you. So thank you very much for that. Good. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask you about, of course, your visions, uh, your plans going forward, and also your view on life, but. Um, First, I'd I'd like to I'd like to talk a little bit about your your background. You're, as you said, an American in in Holland in the, in the Netherlands. Uh, you've been there for a couple of decades. Yeah. And um, you and I, we are both middle aged, and we all have, like everyone else, we have our fair share of defining experiences in life. But I think you have a a, a different personal history than most people. I I would, I would say. I don't know if you agree, but uh, you call yourself. Uh, told me beforehand here, or you you wrote in a in a little text here that you you call yourself a dysfunctional family chain breaker. Yeah. And I would like you to to um, elaborate a little bit on that. Are you are you breaking free of some kind of detrimental old pattern? Is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say that this primarily focuses on the female generational line um, in modern uh, psychology and in some methods they're calling this now the mother wound, which we all have in, in some way, shape or form. Um, but when in my own process of, of healing or self-discovery and, and self-knowledge, learning, you know, who am I? Who am I? Um, and getting to know myself better and better. 
I came across uh, family constellations. And in this method, um, you put all of your family, and in this case, it was the mother line, you put your ancestors behind you in order to really get in touch with what's been going on. Um, I didn't really necessarily have to do that in that way because I already knew, but it really shone a lot of light on uh, the depth of the dysfunctionality. Um, And I've got all kinds of theories that it's because of patriarchy or whatever, um, or women being held down, not being able to really shine in their full uh, power, their full feminine power and their full glory. I come from a long line of Christianity. Um, So that is also women coming from most religious cultures are not uh, given the space to fully show up and fully be empowered in the femininity. Mm. So to your question, the way I literally see it, like the way I can visualize it is we have a chain, you know, you come from your mother or your father Mm. and their father and their father and their mother and their mother. So as families, we come from families as well. And this is all a chain in a link. Now, if when, for instance, in my case, I, knew from a very young age this this isn't this can't be the way that it's meant to be like a lot of fighting and toxicity in the relations in the home um violence uh no way of um uh, handling or navigating conflict uh i knew that that wasn't the way i wanted it to be but still all these messages come into the subconscious from a very young age and at a certain point i was like well it's up to me to break that chain. Yeah. So there was a conscious decision. There was also some information coming from the outside uh, based upon things that I had read, uh, books that I had read, spirituality books or um, books on, on self-discovery, self-help, all of these, uh, psychology. So they were all coming in from different directions. Then I had children and then I realized this breaking of the chain is not necessarily breaking the chain and then going forward in one go, but you have to separate the chain. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like if there's a link in a chain, you have to separate that so that this part can come off and then this part can be free of what Mm. was before. And that's how I really visualize it in my head. So I'm actually that link in the chain that's kind of being split open. Okay, so you still have connection to the to your history. You haven't broken from that. You haven't broken that away. But but you want to continue the next link in the chain. You want to be more harmonious, and uh, you want to have you 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 would be in touch with both both yeah, uh, the future and the past, like, so to speak. Like that's how I I experience it because a lot of my own uh, challenges in raising children. You know, I brought all that shit in to my own parenting, even though I didn't want to. So my life has been about bringing consciousness and awareness to all of these old patterns that maybe my ancestors, they just did not have. They were not even aware. They didn't have the tools. Exactly. They weren't even aware, I think. I don't think they were aware. They didn't have the tools. They acquiesced to what was given them, the, the rules and conditioning from the church, the rules and conditioning from 
um, society, from governments, from their own communities, from their own household cultures. And with my own awareness and raising of my consciousness, I see this just uh, doesn't work. This doesn't mm. feel good. I don't want to deem it right or wrong, but I know it didn't feel good. Mm. So what I really, my biggest, highest ambition is to make sure that my future generations, for instance, the children of my children, that they will be free of this conditioning, these unfunctional, dysfunctional patternings of the past, and that they will be able to, you know, because of the work that, because of the separation, this really, and separation is painful, you know? Yeah. Um, sometimes a lot of people hold on to their dysfunctional family connections because being disconnected from that is also painful. Well, they're scared that they they don't know where they're going to end up if they if they. True. Yeah. Break so up. alone, alone is where you end up, but that can be a birthing place for exactly moving forward. A waiting place, a waiting room. So, <laughs> how, how would you describe the how how would you say that this this fun, this functionality played out in your ancestors' lives and also in your early life before you came to the realization that, that something has to change? What, what, you, what, did what it, How did the what dysfunction? Did the, the dysfunctionality, how, how did it play out? What, what was it about? In what way um, was it dysfunctional on this female pa side of your Okay, so pa painful relationships. Okay. Um, disconnected... Um, on you know mothers and babies they bond you know but when a mother cannot bond properly or in a healthy way so maybe this word of dysfunction means unhealthy so i know from the stories of my mother and i know from the stories of my grandmother that none of these women ever had healthy bonds with their mothers mm. Now, why was that? That could be for many reasons. There were many, many children or, or, or and, and for me, that doesn't really matter. Could be because of the conditioning that they got from the church. Uh, a woman's place is in the house to keep her mouth shut. Then, then you've got a lot of conflicting ideas when uh, emancipation comes and a female is now um, sort of societally pushed into the workplace, but she doesn't really want that. And she's got the conditioning from the church, keep your mouth shut and stay in your place. But society is saying, go out into the workforce and make your way. Uh, so that's also very unhealthy. There's a lot of dysfunctionality in all of these conflicting um, conditions and beliefs and uh, assumptions and uh, premises of the world that, that, that are false premises really. So I think that it boils down to unhealthy relationships, unhealthy bonds, unhealthy ways of communicating. Mm. Which there's been dom me. domestic violence as well involved. Yeah, well, yeah, when you don't have healthy ways of communicating, then you communicate with uh, aggression, uh, physical or verbal, emotional, mm. um, and, and this ag aggressivity, this aggression, of course, is, is very unhealthy. And then you, as a, as a young child, you learn that these are the ways 
because this is the this is the blueprint you've been given yeah. or or the the example you've been given of how to function within a house um, yeah and, and I know that I'm not alone in this I know that this no, is like but a lot of so people many people don't like wake this. up so many don't get aware of what's actually happening and it's wonderful mm -hmm. that you're seeing this and you're breaking free of it so and you describe yourself as a recovered christian you know you've mentioned religion a couple of times here um in what way would you say that you are a recovered christian are you still you're not christian you don't define yourself as christian or are you in a I different try, kind of i try not to identify with um yeah you know one of the one of the pinnacles of of doing um inner self work is breaking free from identity so asking the question again and again and again who am i who am i so who am mm. i without this label or without this identity who am i without the identity of my gender who am i without the identity of the country i'm born in who am i without the identity of the religion that i was brought up in um so i think that that would be the best description of a recovered Christian. At the same time, I see how much it has formed me. Um, I also see how much it has disformed me. Um, and, but it's also was the catalyst for my curiosity of what is behind all this and what is beyond all of this, mm. you know? Um, and, yeah, it, it. I feel myself that it's it, it really fucked me up in a big mm. way, mm. and at the same time, it's because of having this um, history that I have. I also feel that I'm more open to um, being connected with spirit. And my first spiritual experience was in a church. I was okay. a young child. I felt it. Like I felt it. And at the end of the day, that's really what it all boils down to is like you feel connected to something that's not of this physical True. material. And then it doesn't really matter where it happens if it's in the church or in a mosque or whatever or in the, in the woods. Or on, in the woods or on the mountain or on the toilet. I mean, you know, yeah. it's like yeah. really, I know. it has to do with though, and this is what I notice. I'm going to make a quick jump to... Um, the communities that I'm involved with now, which is like the yoga community or the tantra community, this has all to do with your connection uh, to spirit. And I think that I might not have been as open for this if I hadn't been in these experiences as a child where there was ceremony, where there was ritual, um, which you find this all over the entire world. Mm -hmm. This is my understanding today is that ceremony and ritual is as personal as each individual and it mm. doesn't have to be given from a particular mold as no. to this is who you are and this is the way you have to do it and you have to do it the way people outside of you say that you have to do it because when you're really connected like even if you go out in nature and you're collecting leaves or something mm. if you're really connected then you're going to be intuitively doing your own ceremonies and rituals true yeah well the problem i have with traditional religions is is uh, one thing is what you're mentioning here there's a lot of dogma that you're supposed to follow but also that 
all of these big traditional religions, they, they separate God from man or, or from human beings, I should say, uh, which I think is wrong. Um, that's that's would... the main, in my, in my view, that's the main problem. There's a separation. There's a, you're told that you are very small and insignificant and God is up there and you have to do certain things in order to, to enter God's, uh, Okay. Uh, May I interject this? Because this is exactly, sure. I thank you for this perspective, because this is exactly what I mean by recovered. Okay. I have learned, I have experienced, it is not out there. It is the separation that is the root of all pain. Yeah. And when you feel this un union inside of yourself, which is spirit, which, you know, is it out of us? Is it in us as below as above, as below, yeah. you know, it, we're all one. When you feel it, experience this oneness, there's no need for religion. There's no need for this dogma. True. And that's what I mean when I say I feel like it fucked me up because it just uh, took away my spirit in one way. Yeah. yeah, if you are spiritually awakened or mature, you you feel intuitively that that's, there is something wrong with this uh, yes. dogmatic way of looking at things. You just feel it inside that there's something missing here. There's something like it's not right. healthy. It's not healthy, no. So it's I think healthy. it's gonna. I think it's gonna change big time. Religions as well as many other things. We, we might come back to that in this big question <laughs> conversation that we're having. Let's talk a little bit before that uh, about your concrete experiences. You have you worked when you were young, younger, <laughs> with so many things that many people don't. I mean, you've been, um, you've provided services in the restaurant and theater businesses, but also as a, as a model and in the sex industry. And in 2007, you won a bodybuilding competition, I, I understand. And it appears to me that your body has been the focal point of much of what you've been working with. Would you agree on yeah. that? So can you, can I, you I would. talk a little I bit about how, how that was and why you ended up working with these things? Um, if, if it's first, even possible. The, the, yeah, the first thing is like, um, yeah, I find, I find it in, indeed, there's some resistance speaking about this. And at the same time, this is part of my journey. Okay. Um, yeah. So there's always been a separation, I believe, in me between my body, the material, and my spirit. So basically, um, my path is actually reuniting these two. And um, uh, for all intents and purposes, I can uh, share that I was sexually abused uh, young, earlier on in my life, um, which gave me the imprint that my body was really the only thing that was of any value. Mm. Um, now, Fast forward to where we are now, at the, I call it the pinnacle of my life, at midlife. I am Fantastic. now, um, also because of the teachings of Tantra and the path that I've been on for the last four or five years, which is very tactile in one way, but there's this infusion, this infusion of spirit or this other inner body, which is, uh, I call it the non-physical part of me. and integrating these two and this is something I'm actually still doing so I was in resistance for a long time um actually oh, not a long time but I, I I 
also with the podcast that I'm doing and something, I was like, okay, now it's time to not have the focus on the body. But you know what? This is why I'm here. Like I cannot not have the focus on my body. Mm. So now I'm coming to the conclusion that it's my body and the energy of my physical form that is um, one of my tools that I can use to, um, to, to support, to serve. And if I don't do that, then I'm actually where I was before having this disconnection. Yeah. So it's actually connecting. um, And somehow maybe we'll get to that in this conversation. It's, Instead of resisting this bodily form that I have, wanting to be any different or wanting it to to be less than or more than or any of this, Mm -hmm. like less sexy or, um, you know, more this way or more that way, Mm -hmm. actually to integrate it with my whole being and to use this great gift that I've been given, which is my body. That's that's wonderful. I mean, there are so many spiritual people who are kind of uh, discarding their body bodily uh, aspects as something less important. But as you say, I mean, we are here in a physical body in this three-dimensional world. We're we're born here, and uh, apparently we're supposed to to have bodies. So I mean, why not uh, just uh, embrace that and uh, go with go with that? And I guess we are all different. Some people feel a closer connection to their body and, and, and some feel a less close connection to their body. So I, I guess you just have to feel in. Who, who well, that's, 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 that's kind of funny that you say that you have to feel in, but when you're less connected with your body, it's more difficult to feel in. That's true. So our bodies are like the uh, an- antennas. Yeah. They're like these, um, uh, you know, that's how we plug in. So we actually need to be in, in very much uh, in contact with our bodies and also that the pleasure that they can bring us. And, mm. you know, it, it, the body, the matter is, is the physical form for the catalyst for everything. That's yeah, yeah it's really, fa- yeah, I know. I, I, it's I, very I, fascinating. It's not being as good, as, as good at that. And, and it's not just sexuality, of course, there are so many other aspects of this you can feel pleasure from uh, i mean uh, there's so many things let's dive a little bit into that we're now i think uh, uh entering the story of your self-healing process here you've been talking a little bit about your background and your the wounds uh, and all that but your, your self-healing process has involved uh, you discovering as you mentioned yoga and tantric yoga this has been yeah. part of your personal evolution. So w- when did you discover these tools and, and what have they meant for you and your evolution? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I thank you for asking that. Um, you know, I think that from a very early age, I knew all these things about me, but they were not accepted. So they were shut down. because when you know for long for many years i would see yoga or i would see things about tantra and there was i was in environments that i couldn't really share or talk about that with anyone else Um, it wasn't mainstream 
And my entire life, I've always noticed that the way I think and the things I'm drawn to are never mainstream until years later. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so even the things I'm into now, I know right. that Early. one day. So, <laughs> so we, we better look at you. What you're doing now, everyone's going to be doing in 20 years. I think so. In 20 years, everybody will like, oh, yeah, of course. We have she to. She was so right, we, yeah. yeah. Blossom was um, right. <laughs> uh, so when I actually started practicing yoga, um, I was also doing that um, parallel to having therapy. And I think that if it hadn't been for the yoga, my therapy wouldn't have been so successful. And um, I, yeah, it, it was really a uh, one of the moments that started me going, really embracing this, this, this path of, um, transformation and uh it's taken me many many years and one of the things that i feel very strongly about is that if there's something that i could do or give to people is to help save them some years <laughs> you know yeah. if there was any way that because of what i've been through could help someone else's process accelerate even though i know that every process is very individual um i very often question if it has to take 15, 20, 25 years to, to trans transform. <laughs> well, some people need many years and some people change quickly, but it does, I mean, time is just relative. It's a relative concept. So True. it doesn't really mean anything. When Once you're, you're there, when you reached your goal, you're there. I mean, then the, the journey there doesn't really matter that much. So if it has taken 15 years or 15 days. Well, same, same okay, difference. let me be, no, what I mean by that is that um, I would love to see people step more into or embrace their potential to see with 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 um, with fresh eyes who they really are earlier on in the game. I understand because I think that for society and moving forward as a whole, as a planet, as humans, that they're earlier that we start to shine and to rise and 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 own our own power the the better the better off we're all going to be collectively also as a planet because the more empowered people that there are walking around the better off we all are mm -hmm. so i think that is what i mean by that um yeah, yeah. okay so yoga yeah. and tantra, tantra was something you discovered even or already before you you uh, moved to to Holland or has this been um the funny thing is that the more i know about tantra the more i can look back at my life and say oh i was already doing those kinds of things only without yeah. knowing about it or without having a name without having it in a particular container or with a particular label um again that has to do with the body and being in connection with spirit and and having very spiritual experiences through the act of, of sexual connection, whether that was with myself or with others. Um, mm -hmm. And I never realized why, why weren't other people experiencing what I was experiencing during mm. sexual contact? Can you, can you just uh, describe Tantra a little bit for the, the listeners? I'm, I'm, I'm sure that most don't really know exactly what well, I'm talking in the ancient wisdom tradition of Tantra, um, it's not really a, a religion uh, per se, 
uh, it is a wisdom tradition coming from the East. Uh, in China, we have the Taoist tradition, which also utilizes in some of their practices um, the sexual energy, which is in all of us. If it weren't for sexual energy, none of us would be here because that's how we were created. Mm. Uh, you could almost say that the Big Bang or anything before that was also sexual energy. And these traditions, so Tantra coming from uh, India, these traditions utilize this energy to transcend and to connect. So you can transcend this uh, matter and in get into connection with that which is beyond our matter, our physical. You can also use it to um, uh, come into union with, you know, so that you have all of this, this feeling of oneness. Um, and so, the, but the, also on a physiological level, on a biological level, there are things that happen during um, uh, sexuality, using sexual energy, whether that, I mean, we've got many ways of doing this. Let's just say in orgasm, there's something that happens in our biological makeup that gives yeah, us- these, For sure. <laughs> yeah, they give these, these moments of oneness, of being connected with something greater than ourselves. That's why a lot of people always want to come back to um, this. I need to be with another human being. I need to have this, uh, you yeah. know, sex so that I can have that. What Tantra leads us and guides us into knowing through all kinds of exercises is that it doesn't have to be like that. You, there's many ways to reach orgasm, also through breathing, through movement, through sound, through meditation. You can do this with yourself or with another individual. Fascinating. So you mean that the orgasm, the feeling, the f actual physical s feelings you have when you when you have an orgasm is something that something similar to that you can achieve by by not uh, being aroused sexually in the traditional way, but by, by being yes. aroused in an in another way in, through meditation or through breathing, some kind of breathing. Okay, movement. Interesting. Um, yeah, yeah. I, and is start, it different if you do it by yourself? Is it different than if you if you're doing it with uh, if you're doing these these exercises together with another person? So doing these exercises together with another person enhances it and brings it um, up or down. How you want to look at it, brings it the, the a depth to it, yeah. more depth. However, um, what uh, certainly modern Tantra, what it's really um, focused on is intimacy, relationships, and that all starts here with yourself. Mm -hmm. How is the intimacy with myself, with my inner self, but also with my body? Can I be intimate with my own body? How is the relationship with myself? How is the mm -hmm. relationship with my, um, with my thoughts, with my thought patterns? How is my relationship with the connection to my deeper uh, intuition, for instance. And through this intimacy of oneself, when we connect with another person, that can lead to even more um, ex expansion yeah, well, for oneself, but also I, I, for, the, for the connection to another human being.
I guess it's obvious that it's it's enhanced when you're together with another person. I, this was a stupid question in a way, but no, not at all. <laughs> still had to ask but it, 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 but it is important as as you say. It's very wise what you say, I think, because many people have tr have problems being with themselves uh, because they they can only experience this kind of enhanced uh, sense of. Uh, being something other than than the, than the than the body when they are together with other people but it's very important i think to to really as you say to uh, to reach the peak of that of that uh, sensation you need to find yourself first and be comfortable being with yourself your inner self and your body and and your whole your whole uh, existence really and it's difficult for many people i've become better at that lately uh, mm. being uh, divorced and um, but still being having my ex-wife as my best friend so it's 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 all good really and um, and i thought i find it easier and easier to like meditate in the morning and spend a whole day without meeting anyone it's it's really fine i didn't really like that some years ago i yeah. i think i was longing for this company all the time and uh there's something very important there in, in what you're saying, uh, yeah. be it Tantra or whatever, that you really need to be comfortable with yourself first. In order, It's like this saying, you know, you can't love anyone else in, unless you love yourself. Well, you love there's yourself the, first. I, I, I've been also on that path for a long time. And um, there are new schools of thought or other schools of thought that um, are questioning um, this premise. Because, of course, in relationship, we get mirrored and we get mirrored often with those things that we don't want to see in ourselves. And yeah. sometimes when we're just alone with ourselves, we don't see those things because we're not getting triggered. However, there is the other side. And this is what I mean by intimacy with yourself to really know yourself deeply. And sometimes that can happen in connection with another person. And this is where it often goes in a uh, direction that's not serving and that is when you don't then take a step out and go inside and say okay what does that person just show me about myself and then go inside and be with that piece of yourself instead of saying hey no this has you know this is you this is you or getting into this conflict back and forth um and that is what i think what what I mean with intimacy, uh, really, into me, I see. And most people, when they use the word intimacy, they're talking about a physical intimacy with another human being. Yeah. Um, I like to really expand this definition or expand this word as to what we mean by intimacy. And intimacy is really, it can be, and from my own experience, is can be a path to healing, to becoming whole, to remembering the wholeness of who you are. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wonderful. You have mentioned the concept of ageless living. Yeah. Uh, not not here in this conversation, but before. I know you've talked. You've been talking about this. What do you mean by ageless living? Is that what you're doing now? Well. <laughs> Yes. Well, at the beginning of this conversation, I remember you said something about middle-aged. And the first thing that came up to me uh, is the word midlife. Yeah. So take age out of the 
vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even have a new narrative about what it means to be in this life. And we have a span as physical matter goes at this moment and time in history. We can, we it is possible to have a healthy life to about a hundred years. I think the max is about 110. Um, so I think that we're somewhere in this midlife range. Mm. Uh, for me, that already takes off a lot of pressure about aging or. Um, um, yes, and that also has only uh, a connection. That 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 concept, that mindset, only has a connection to this this physical life. If if you believe that we live on, that your spirit doesn't die, then it's uh, also a different matter in some ways. But of course, I mean, you only remember this life and you love this life and you want to have as good a life as possible now that you're here. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. And, so and, yeah, the uh, concept of I, I think you can. I think you can actually postpone, if that's the right word in this context, you can postpone your 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 uh, your age a little bit if you if you live more consciously and if you live uh, more harmoniously i actually think that's a thing yeah 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 so i, I mean you look like 25 here i'm i'm watching you here on, on zoom <laughs> and i know you're not 25 i love the but... filters that zoom has but <laughs> <laughs> um one thing I always say at the end of my podcast, past the pause, which has to do with this midlife living, ageless living, I'd rather die living than live dying. Mm. So for me, this concept of ageless living means that you continue to live a high quality, uh, healthy, happy existence for as long as we are living this particular life in this particular moment of time in this particular body. Um, so ageless living is a concept that has to do with this moment, this, this time around, yeah, let's just yeah. say. <laughs> um, That's true. Yeah. I, I, I have seen some examples in my lifetime of people that are here in this body that's still breathing, but they're mm. just waiting to die. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And for me, I would rather just like pull the plug if that's the case, you know, yeah. I'm going to make every single breath. That's, that's wonderful. Yeah. And there is only the now moment, actually. I mean, the past is just an illusion and the future is also an illusion. And you know, of course you have to plan and all that. I'm sure you've listened to Eckhart Tolle and what he says about these things. Yeah. And I, have, yeah. I, I think it's true. And um, it's really well, life is much more interesting and much more fascinating and much more wonderful if you live in in the present moment, because then you can be uh, on par with with everyone you meet. Young people, old people, doesn't really matter. I mean, if you meet if you're 57 and you meet someone who's 25 and has something really interesting to tell you that day, then that's that's what you do that day. That's what you delve into that day, and you have a fantastic conversation exchange of ideas with this 25 year old and that's uh it, it it has nothing to do with it the age has nothing to do with it, it, it it's really just an uh, that's the interaction that you that you have that day next day you might meet someone who's 97 and says something that's interesting and and it's really as you say just to make every breath matter as much as the 
the last breath. <laughs> so this is uh, beautiful what you're saying on those. It makes me, it really gives me, it's a, it's a great gift for me as far as this concept of ageless living and what I was talking about, the kind of family uh, relations that I come from. When we are living from this moment and there's this agelessness about it, then there's also no hierarchy in families, if you know what I mean. We but could I, then have yeah, an interaction exactly. with our children from out of this moment, what is being said? What is really being communicated? Yes. What is my ability to respond to what's needed in this moment? And on the other end of the spectrum, we would yeah. then be relating differently to the ones that have been here longer. Yeah. And the ones that have been here longer and the ones that have just gotten here will also be, you know, having this interaction that is you know, just high quality and very healthy. High quality. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And I, I've, I have experienced so many uh, encounters with people that I have come to realize or believe that people are, I mean, they, their souls, their spirits, their souls are on different levels when they are born here because you can meet young people who are wiser <laughs> than people that are 20 years older than you. Yeah. You can meet 75 years olds that are so immature that are like acting like children. So age really doesn't have much to do with the thing. Of course, you have less uh, practical experience when you're 25 than when you're 57 or so. Uh, but I mean, that's really on the surface. That's not really that important. The, the, yeah. the, the main thing, if, if that whether you can see into another person's soul, so to speak, or if, whether you can listen to another person and learn something from another person and, and, and feel empathy and, and, and all those kinds of things. And, and a 25-year-old can do that just as well as a 75-year-old. Uh, so, well, you get my point. It's, it's really, the more you think of it, and the more you, you act, uh, you notice that in people when you meet them and have encounters, you, you, you realize that. It is really like that. Then, of course, very, very small children, they need to be helped into this world in many, many ways. They're, they're helpless <laughs> otherwise, I mean, practically and uh, linguistically and everything. So that's, that's obvious, of course. That's self-evident. But once they're out of childhood, once they're whatever, 18, 20, 22 years old, they, they shouldn't be, be uh, regarded as children to anyone, really, not even to their... <laughs> I mean... It's difficult as a parent sometimes. You tend mm -hmm. to say that, oh, when I was your age, XXX, you know, and mm -hmm. then when, 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 you're, when you get to my age, you will understand you shouldn't really say those things. It's really uh, so in, in, this, in, this, in this connecting and in this relating, and I'd like to take it back to being intimate with yourself. When you're really intimate with yourself, you can better listen to another person because you just get yourself out of the way. You're yeah. aware, you can hear, and then you're like, "Hey, I'm with this person now. I need you can. I, I'm going to get out of my own way and just really listen to what this person has to say, irregardless of where they are on on any kind of, you know, uh, linear scale having to do with 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 uh, with age or the amount of years that they've been on this earth. Uh, I think that that's a big thing that you know parents with younger children tend to do. And when we could get out of our own way and just really listen and be completely present with a child, just as we are completely present with our lovers, 
then amazing things happen. Really amazing things happen. Because if somebody feels seen, heard, listened to, have full attention, then whatever the problem was just disappears anyway. There's nothing that needs to be solved. No, that's true. Yeah. And it's so liberating to, to, to do that. It's, it's hard in the beginning, but once you learn how to be really, as you say, present and forget about yourself, just uh, get out of the, out of your own way. Yeah. It's a liberating process because I mean it's it's a big it's a heavy burden to carry around yourself and your your ego mind all the time. It's 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 a burden. All these ideas and and yeah. um, you know to, to to tie it back around to tantra and sexuality, we have these ideas of how we're supposed to look, how we're supposed to perform, how how it's supposed to be. If you if we were to get out of our way and let our our bodies and 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 the energies flow through us. Everyone would have very unique and individual experience that would yeah. be mind blowing because they wouldn't be following any kind of protocol that they've learned somewhere on the internet. <laughs> oh. um, and and this is the same with any kind of relating. But this is how I tie tantra into everyday life because everyday living is. Um, using these things that we learn there and then applying them also to the relationships with our children or with our neighbors or our grandmothers or grandpas. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't talk about age, as you say, but there is one thing when with women at a certain age, they reach menopause and you have uh, started this podcast called Past the Pause, which I love the name of. Uh, so what is that about? You are, uh, you want to, well, just, just talk about it. How did you come up with that idea and what's what's your... Well, I didn't come up with the idea. It was given to me. And this was in one of those, uh, I would say, kind of... Oh, it was, it was a download. Yeah, it was what they call a download. Um, yeah. And originally, and I'm still working to, to, to fine-tune this, but in the beginning of this conversation, I said that many different things about my own person got muted, got paused when I was child that was originally the idea behind past the pause and then i realized that um i needed to have a particular uh, uh, audience and i looked at myself and i was like well what pause am i in or, or, or you know where's the direction i'm going so it eventually ended up being about midlife and ageless living and i think that um i'm going i'm planning my the idea that I'm getting is to open up um, my interviews, the podcast for anyone that has anything to say about being paused or mm. coming coming out of a pause. So it's also about this liberation. It's about also about emotional liberation or em- liberation of the ideas that we have about menopause. Mm. Who says that all of these symptoms that we're su- supposed to be having who says that everyone's going to have them? You know, we get fed this from early on. And also we get fed an idea that after 50, we're, 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 we're invaluable to society. After 50, we have no right to wear mini skirts. Or after 50, we have no right to, uh, you know, I don't know, have a lover or whatever. And we find a lot of these people that are in midlife after having long-term relationships are stepping out. So they're going to be actually 
kind of reversing. I had a very long uh, youth. <laughs> now I'm ready to step into a more long term something. A lot of people. So now you are 25, as I said. Yeah. It was right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, past the pause is really about this idea of midlife being a pinnacle of opening up liberating ourselves from everything that we've been taught, everything that we think that we know about ourselves. Stepping into this unknown, what the hell is going to happen between in the second half? What, mm -hmm. you know, we don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, we don't know that when we're 25 either, but we're kind of given outside of ourselves, given from our societies and our cultures sort of a blueprint. Follow this and you can be be healthy and happy and you can have the white picket fence and you can have the, the family and it's all going to be perfect, but it doesn't necessarily work like that. So I find that um, what's needed right now, uh, when I look at around me, the other people that are my age, is that the liberation from our emotions, from our ideas, our belief systems, our limiting thought patterns, that this is what really will release us into the second half of agelessness, living every day without, yeah. the, you know, just like if I die today, it's going to be great because I'll be doing something that brings me so much joy, you know, um, that kind of idea. That. I love that. And you want to harness the, the energy, the combined power of sexuality and of the heart, uh, I guess that's uh, what tantra is a lot of uh, is about to to a large extent. Uh, Very much so. And the sexuality is, uh, and you've been talking at length about this during this conversation. So I think the listeners understand that it's so much more than what we traditionally put into that that uh, concept. Sexuality, it's it's really very superficial, of, often in our culture, superficially described, yeah. but. Yes, but it is it is also that I mean, it's so many things, but it's also that so and there's a lot of taboos still around sexuality, which you wouldn't actually think considering what happened already in the 60s with the sexual liberation movement and all that and uh, and uh, porn being ubiquitous and uh, uh, there have been so many things happening, but still there are a lot of taboos around sexuality and maybe there should be or maybe there should be. Well, there should be privacy, of course, but some taboos are a little bit ridiculous, I guess. Uh, so why do you think well, there are so many, so many taboos around it? Because of religion. Okay. Yeah, well, that's, that's one explanation. <laughs> um, absolutely. Because of many uh, dogmas and rules coming from I don't know where that say no sex before marriage. Mm. You know, there's there are... Let's but just that's, say, that's 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 many decades ago, I think. In my, no, well, I, believe me, I yeah. I see, I know a woman my age who has a son who's twenty three, and he just now got married to a Muslim woman just so he could have sex with her. Now, okay. six months mm. into the marriage, he realizes, shit, we should have never gotten married. Oh, that's so bad. So even mm. today, yes. I, in my experience, but also in my observation, I, I see that I am an observer. 
I like to observe what's going on. I don't always say much about it, but I've had now five decades of, of uh, experience in this time around. And I've seen that there are cycles, even now with what's going on in the world, this is a cycle, this too shall pass. Um, it's not necessarily something really new. Uh, we've had plagues before in the past hundreds of years ago. Um, what have we learned? Uh, you know, there's, we could, that would be a whole nother hour if we went into that topic, but yeah. um, uh, help guide me back around. Where, where well, we do you, do you, I also want to ask about male and female sexuality because you've been delving into this. Subject oh yeah. So, but we were so talking about and, the heart and, and the connection of the. Um, yeah, we were. And then there's uh, <laughs> the superficial view on sexuality. And then there's, yeah. there are the taboos. And then there's also this layer of, separation between male and female sexuality uh which well th you can also talk for hours about those things uh, we could really do i could highlight it and and already i would like to um make a you know, slight the Me correction Too and all that's happened happened three years ago yeah uh, when this was highlighted but it was also very superficial of course once again but but still it was interesting that the subject was touched upon Yeah. So the difference, yeah. if there is any, between male and female sexuality, and what 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 that really means, and how how important it is, is it overblown? Is it? So when you um, come to a moment in your life when you when you would like to explore this, first thing that um, is the first sort of false premise. It's not necessary. I mean, you can look at biologically and physiology physiologically, that there are differences in uh, female and male sexuality. When you look at us as from an energy point of view, we have masculine energy and feminine energy. And when you, as an individual, as a sovereign being, you can take these qualities, these energies, and you can integrate them into yourself. You're also working on your holistic being you're healing, you're being whole, you're being unified and, and united with yourself. That's what I was talking about earlier about self-intimacy. From out of this place, your relationships and also sexual relationships um, can really expand because you are playing with more of energies than just a, you know, the female energy or female sexuality is that of a receptor, of receiving. Uh, um, um, masculine energy would be one of giving, of penetrating. But when we are aware of these energies within ourselves, even as a female, I could actually then penetrate someone else mm. by getting into contact with that energy, that masculine energy within me. Mm. And be the driver, be the, the one that it takes the initiative. That it, Yeah, on top also. you might ever, you no, know, well. <laughs> but re it, because it's more of a, a an energetic yeah. role exchange. Yeah, um, and it's a dance, I guess. Also, uh, so yeah. as you say, you can you can exchange roles. Yeah, during a sexuality act, or but also in your life, there are some life. moments that you need to be in your masculine energy to get things done. I yeah. find that um, that is something that I could really work on. Mm. <laughs> and to be quite honest, I like to, as as a very much embodied feminine energy, uh, I 
would like to see that masculine energy come from outside of myself. And yet I know that I have it with inside. Of yeah, everyone has it, but two, two different degrees, I guess. So we're all, yeah, we have our blueprint when we're born and with the personality that you can, I guess, uh, uh, you can you can change it a bit, of course, during the course of life, but it's still, it is kind of a blueprint. I, I, I can feel that it, I have, I have a, an inner personality that's there all the time, but I, I have honed it, so to speak, during, during my life. So it's, uh, I try to hone off the, the sharp edges and, uh, and to cultivate the the good parts. Yeah. So, uh, but okay. it's it's something that it's some it's some kind of core there. Yeah, I believe that we have an essence for sure. Yeah. Personality um, essence. But uh, yeah, it's so funny. I'm looking at my bookshelf. I, my latest book that I'm reading is called "Personality Isn't Permanent" oh. by uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. Yes, <laughs> and. Um, which really helps me because mm. at one point in my history, I was uh, labeled with a personality disorder. And oh. now I'm learning uh, also through the works of Dr. Joe Dispenza, who's mm. uh, really shows literally in a scientific way, how we can change the makeup of our brains, which then also proves that we can change our personalities and they are not permanent. Um, yeah. What right. you're talking about, I feel, is is some sort of a original essence of of who each person is when they come into this world. Yeah, you might call it that, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, it depends on how you define personality. Also, uh, what, <laughs> I, what I what I mean by that, I well, I I've been interested in astrology, for instance, for, for almost all my life. So, I think that's a part of it, and that's that's just a a way of uh, describing what what's imprinted on you what your blueprint is when you're born mm -hmm. you can describe it in different ways but and and the main thing is that th there's nothing bad or good about those things it's just different aspects of how you can react to what's happening in your life and you can as you say you can have dominance of female energy or masculine energy and that could, goes for women and men i mean there are men with a dominance of female energy yeah. and vice versa so I think that's something that you have, and uh, absolutely, I agree with that. I agree with your whole that. life, and then you then you can then you can learn to live with that and and learn to harness the good parts of that because there's good in every every trait, every personality trait has a good and a bad side, so to speak. There's two sides of the metal and metal, yeah. and you can always hone and and cultivate uh, the good part if you want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean by that. Okay, yeah. so uh, let's. Uh, there are so many questions here and there, there's so little time, although time doesn't exist. We only live in the now moment, but we, we could make it a two hour podcast. if you Yeah, like. we could do that. We can do that. <laughs> there is a clock here ticking, which is really irritating. Anyway, uh, you, you talked beforehand here about the name of my, and also in the beginning of the conversation about my, the name of my podcast, mind the shift. And you, you you agree that there is a shift. Uh, you you, yeah. you also talk in in these uh, about these things and uh, talk to me a little bit about the the times that we are living in. The, you have said or written somewhere that this present crisis, if that's what you want to call it, is a love song. What do you mean by that? Sounds beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Did I write that? 
<laughs> I don't recall singing a love song. Or, or may, yeah, I think you wrote mm. that actually, but maybe yeah, it mean could something like it's, some... it has it has a, a positive. Okay. Uh, some, it could have a positive I will, meaning. I, w I would love to expand on that. Um, so I feel like I grew up in a terminal crisis, as it were. I mean, every day waking up, not. Um, no, you know, I I sometimes equate it to growing up in a war. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that my war was different than having to walk over dead bodies. I get that. I get that that's very different. But I think that the similarity is waking up and just, you know, that nervous system is always on. Mm. That nervous system is always in fight or flight because it's always scared. It's always in so fast forward to this being crisis. If I had not gone through that crisis as a child, and I think continued, you know, we just talked about what our essence is. Um, so for me, I feel like I have a genuine essence of love. And that has, going through crisis has been able to show me what I don't want so much as to illuminate what I do want. So I see the inherent value of crisis being one that can illuminate what we really want. And now if we can shift, if we can take our minds and shift it to that which what we really want, what we're calling in, mm. you know, harmony, what you talk about a lot, harmonious relation with the earth that we walk on, that we ask to give us so many resources constantly, unforgiving, unrelentless. You know, we ask from our mother earth to just keep on supplying us. And when we can, in, you know, so using this crisis as a, a catalyst for shifting the focus taking our minds and shifting the focus onto peace, onto harmony with ourselves. Again, it starts with self-intimacy. What is my relationship with the peace within myself? Am I very peaceful to myself? Am I kind? Am I loving? Am I friendly to me first? Because from out of this mindset, we're going to talk to you. We're going to talk to my neighbor. We're going to talk to the person on the street. We're going to talk to our politicians. Mm. But if we're not coming from this mindset, if we're, if we're coming from the fear that this crisis is already giving us, then we're also talking to everyone that we want outside of us to change the world for a better world. We're talking from out of this energy of fear. So yeah. to me, the crisis is a love story when you can see it as giving you the gift of what I really want and then cultivating these feelings. Of, 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 of harmony, of balance, of abundant resources, of prosperity, of bliss and joy and celebration and, you, yeah. know, ex you know, this kind of life because the crisis is showing us all of the things that we don't want. So we need to be really mindful to shift our focus and be 
be really very, very, very mindful of the emotions yeah. that we're feeling That's on a daily basis. Yin and yang. Yeah, absolutely. When we're having what we don't want, we have to focus on what we do want. And we, we wouldn't realize what we do want unless we saw what we actually don't want. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, exactly to, that. Sometimes exactly say, that. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's really, it's really good. It and is my it is <laughs> sorry. Then it is a love song. Yeah, and it is my hope, and it is my wish, and my blessing that uh, the listeners also hear this. Yeah. That, that that they can hear it in the way that uh, you also just heard it, yeah. Uh, hopefully, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so there's a need for a rising consciousness, of course, and many people are talking about that that we are yeah. seeing a rising consciousness. I believe so too, but sometimes you can despair, of course. But that's only if you look uh, on things uh, shallowly. But if you look a little bit more deeply, I think you can see that there is there is a shift happening. Yeah. And uh, there's also this need to, for, well, may sound a bit callous because we've been talking about the energy of the heart and, and the need for love and all this, but, but there is a need to look upon things in a neutral fashion also. So neutrality yes. is actually, it's not callous. It's, no, it's, it's, it's very soothing and, yes. and healing because if you look at things, from a neutral perspective, you, you can see clearly, you can see yes. clearly what's happening. And yeah. a little bit like you were saying before, if you, 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 you stand beside yourself, when you involve in some other person fully, for instance, you can do that. On, you, can, you can utilize that on society as a whole also. Absolutely. So you can just kind of just look at it from a neutral perspective and you can see, oh, that's, that's yeah. really crazy. Why are they doing that? And ah. Strange. No, I'm not going to involve, get involved in that because it looks <laughs> stupid. This, this is okay. This, I'm this is ageless living. When you look at things from out of the eyes of a child, they don't have really, I mean, they have an innate, innate, deep, you know, like an intuitive uh, knowing of what is right and wrong. However, yeah. uh, a lot of what I teach or bring to other people is this idea of neutrality when you take wrong or right good and bad out of the equation you're just looking through eyes of okay there is this thing mm. i don't know if it's good or bad what's it teaching us what's it doing uh just being this this innocent curiosity constantly oh there's people um that are governing a large body of people and they're telling me that i should be doing this why yeah. and <laughs> is it is i'm curious so i'm going to do some research i'm not going to just only go to the left and research but i'm going to go to the 10 and the 20 and the 30 i'm going to i'm going to go through the whole spectrum of research i really don't have time for that okay so i'm going to feel into my body hmm. i feel like i'm okay you know, I'll go on the train and I'll just continue to live my life the way I've always lived my life. And I have something with me. If somebody should talk to me about it, I'll say, okay, well, if it makes you feel better, I can do that. Mm. But I continue. Um, so it's looking through the eyes of innocent curiosity and yeah. then feeling in or, or doing the research. I mean, if you've got all the time in the world to do the research and come up with a very scientific, <laughs> you know, reasons, or you can really, like, I have this conversation um, 
very often. And at the end of the day, I come back to this one thing. And I would love to, um, I get this from Teal Swan. So I'll give her credit. Thank you, Teal. She says, when we take the best interest of the other as our own best interest, then really we are creating the world that we want to live in. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if it's, mm. yeah, if it's in your best interest because of whatever your makeup is, that I put something on, then it's also in my best interest to put that thing on. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to be feeling better. I'll be feeling better. And we will be at this harmonious vibration, which is, yeah. That's but if everyone's resisting, like, well, I'm not going to do it because I don't want someone to tell me what to do or someone else is going, I'm only doing it because people are telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. Then we're creating more polarity. Exactly. Polarization. And yeah. that's not really the way forward. But yeah, those words from by Teal Swan there, that's the way to go. That's yeah. really true. I love her and uh, what she's teaching. Oh, good. You know, you, you know, yeah, I, I hope know. your listeners I, also yeah, know. I follow her on Instagram, I think. Yeah. And I've listened to, you talked about research. And as you said, you can, you, if you have time, you can delve into all kinds of aspects of this thing that you're talking about. That you <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> uh, but most people don't have time. But you can you can do some proxy research because there's so much, so many people out there that have the time and who are experts and who are epidemiologists or whatever yeah. mm -hmm. who have already done the work. So you can you can uh, you can search for those uh, yeah. YouTube videos or whatever or texts or studies and uh, read them. So you don't have. I really to do think the that. I really, for me personally, I have stopped um, getting any of my information from uh, social uh, or these kind of platforms. I feel like if I really wanted to be educated, I would be reading peer-reviewed scientific articles. Oh, yeah. Excellent. But I leave that work to the scientist, and I really feel it. You know, sometimes I will see something, and then I will read it to the extent that my body gives me a response and then i can breathe into that and then it's like okay i know what's good for me and then there's also a kind of liberation in in the realization that we cannot no 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 single human being on this planet can can have the total overview of everything that's happening and and no one can integrate all the aspects of of, of a big problem like this one that we're talking about now that's happening it's simply impossible and if once you realize that you can you can have it's easier for you to have this neutral look upon things because mm -hmm. you can realize and know that what everyone is talking about is just an approximation really it's an approximation and and you can get that approximation from from this standpoint or from that standpoint and it's never going to be exactly the whole truth it is simply not possible I mean, you get snippets of the reality all the time. You, the, you, your poor little brain can just understand little little pieces of what's happening out there. So the, the most important thing is that you you just feel deep within yourself what it is that you want the world to be ruled by in the end, uh, basically. And that's of course love and understanding, and uh, that everyone mm. that 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 you you have understanding for other people's needs and and all those yeah. things. And if you feel that, and if you have that. As a as a steady 
base core in your yeah. in yourself, then then everything's going to be fine because you're never going to understand every detail of what's happening anyway. And you you don't have to take st- take a stand. You don't have to no. be part of something. You just you just have to live. And this goes back to really the only thing that we can have influence and impact on. Um, well, we can also have impact in the world, but it starts within, you know, uh, so, so within, so without, you know, yeah. go inside. I know that in the beginning of this year, I was um, being sort of bombarded with a lot of um, uh, information about evil. And my first thought was, if there's so much evil that's being recognized outside, what do these insides of these people that are recognizing this, what do they look like? Mm, good question. Yeah. Um, so really, the, the, the way that we can have the biggest impact is to do the inner work. And that's maybe the love story about crisis. It invites you to be in love with you. And we can have the most impact on the world, the collective, when each individual, imagine that 8 billion people were coming from this inner, um, clean, healthy energy. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful last words. Where can people find your podcast and other things that you're doing? Do you have a website? They can find me on Facebook at Meet Dark Blossom, Instagram at Meet Dark Blossom. The podcast is Past the Pause, and it is available on all of the uh, channels where you can find podcasts. So it's on Google and Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Excellent. So that's Meet Dark Blossom um and past the pause yeah dear blossom bamboo thank you for joining the show and good luck with everything thank you so much this was a really amazing conversation and uh, i thank you also for creating this easy comfortable safe space in which uh, we could share and uh, drop into what feels to me right now very much in harmonious frequency (laughs) it does thank you thank you blossom okay bye for now bye bye for now